Hi, I'm Jennifer Zollett. And I'm Larkin Bell. Welcome to our podcast, A Brighter Lens. For this week's episode, we chatted with Kelly Walker. Kelly is an Australian multi-hyphenate award-winning filmmaker. She's had multiple short films in the festival circuit, most notably The Brown List, which she directed and edited, and which received the Jury Award for Best Short Film at Bentonville Film Festival. We chatted with Kelly about her debut feature called My Fiona. My Fiona was set to world premiere at the BFI Flair Festival in London back in March 2020, but due to COVID-19, the premiere was canceled. We hope you enjoy our chat with Kelly. Hi. There you are. Hi. How are you guys? Good. How are you? Good. Good. Good to see you. Okay. Um, thank you so much for joining us today, Kelly. If you could just introduce yourself a little bit and tell us about your project, your first feature, I believe, My Fiona, that was selected to premiere at BFI Flair in London. That is right. Okay, so I am Kelly Walker. I'm a writer-director, and this was my first feature, My Fiona. It's a, it's a drama. It's about this woman, Jane, and in the opening scene, her best friend that she works with kills herself. And there's no note, there's no reason. So it kind of looks at how Jane takes on kind of taking care of Fiona's wife and their child. And then this relationship between the wife and Jane kind of get birthed out of the grief, the loss, the trying to like fill in the missing link of Fiona. Wow, that's cool. Wow. What, what inspired you to make this film? Uh, it was a couple different things. Um, the layers would be the the main one was there was a recurring thing that kept my life where I know someone who appeared to be fine and then would kill themselves and then it would come out a couple weeks later that they were uh, wrongly prescribed uh, prescribed the wrong antidepressants for what they needed and it seemed very like yeah like it just seems so wasteful you know and it feels like this the system is is not set up properly. And I was really mad about that. And I was like, maybe I can just go into these high schools and, and tell them, tell them that they need to be more careful. And then I realized no one's going to allow me in like a high school. It's kind of creepy. <laughs> like just showing up. So I was like, well, I'll, I'll write about it. So that's kind of where the aspect of death and loss and suicide comes into it. And then um, the other level is like this, this, the gray shades of bisexuality that's kind of, comes from my own personal experience of I, I consider myself bisexual but for a really long time I didn't know how to define it because I was married to a man but because I had you know been with girls in the past and had a girlfriend and um I didn't think I earned the the label bisexual because I've had more straight relationships so it's kind of looking at like maybe we don't need to label maybe it doesn't matter if there's a word before or after you know based on who you love or don't love or so that was kind of the other aspect of it. Can you talk a little bit about the process of making this film? And since it was your first feature, just kind of how you tackled that? Yeah. So 
I was an editor. I've been an editor as kind of my day job for the last like 15 years. And I've also been writing, but I've never really touched on directing. And I kind of realized in the last couple of years, well, I guess the last couple of years before I started directing, which was about four years ago, uh, I started kind of while I was editing, I'd be like, well, if you just did this, this, and this, this scene would work. And, and I was getting a little cocky on my opinions. And I was like, you know what, put your, what's that term? Put your, put your money where your mouth is. And then uh, Ursula Taharian asked my husband and I to direct her first short. And I was so scared I was gonna screw it up. And, um, and I remember this one moment on set on the second day, we took like our first break. It was like 5 p.m. We've been going since like 6 a.m. I remember stepping outside to get some air and this smile over my face of just like, oh, I'm a director. Like this feels, this feels more right than anything I've done before. It was this gorgeous moment in a parking lot. I was right near the trash can. It was just, I'll never forget it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that was kind of like where it all began. And then as far as making this film, I didn't really set out to write it with the intention to make it myself. I was just kind of having to get all this stuff off my chest. And then as I kind of kept going, I was like, oh, if anyone else got the chance to direct this, I would be so insanely envious of that journey. And I wanted to star in it originally. And I was like, oh, I'm happy to give that up in order to, you know, to try this out. And because of the editing, I really reverse engineered my experience of directing. I wanted to make sure that I had, I had every possible scenario kind of figured out pre-shooting. So I did these really extravagant storyboards where basically I, I, I call them Barbie boards. I took um, Barbie dolls, set up kind of a, a studio in my garage. I would shoot them, import them into Photoshop and make these just highly specific panels for each scene so that I knew that each scene didn't mirror each other, that the scene was more close-ups, the scene was more wides. Um, and when we were on set and when you do anything at an indie level, like you've got no time, you've got no budget, no, nothing's on your side. Um, rarely do the indie gods even shine on you. <laughs> so it, it was one of those things where, you know, we had to cut scenes, we had to cut shots. And I was able to turn to that, the Barbie boards and go, yeah, we don't need it. Because if we cut this here, I can pull this over here and use this shot in scene 72, which will mirror this. And so I think a lot of it was just like, overly planning so that I could kind of it's kind of like when you're acting too where it's like learn the shit out of your lines for that audition but when you get there leave the leave the, the plan at the door so what is is happening to my Fiona now because unfortunately the festival is canceled um how are people going to be able to see it what's kind of your journey with that post the the cancellation so BFI Flare canceled a couple days before the festival. So it was very last minute. I mean, I was half packed to go to London and um and there was a tra the travel ban had just been announced to Europe and that got announced with the UK. So we were still gonna go under the ban and just like in my head I was like, whatever. So I live in London for a couple weeks and like <laughs> that doesn't mean like it's not fair, like that didn't make any sense. Um when it all said and done, it got canceled. There was like relief to not travel, obviously. And then just this, I mean, it felt, I mean, I, it felt like severe loss in that sense of you're running this race and making indies are, it's so difficult at every level just to get the money is one hurdle and then to get everybody involved and for the timelines to line up. And then you just, you go through so many hurdles and that first, I think that first screening in the movie theater is that, that, that one little moment you get where you just kind of get to sit back 
and go, oh shit, we did that. Like that's ours. That's our baby up there. So I think it was a lot of mourning, looking so forward to that opportunity. Um, and in the first couple of weeks, it was just like that kind of fight or flight. Like I have to figure out what to do with this film. I have to figure out where she goes. I have to, cause all the festivals that after that got canceled. So we're kind of back to, you know, right where we started last year. Um, it, it, it's funny cause I did, I was, I was very much like tunnel vision have to find a home for this film. And then I'd say in the last couple of weeks, I've just kind of taken my hands off it. And I have this weird feeling of, if I try to push it into something, if I try to push it into distribution or on online festival, or even like an online screening, if we even self-distributed or self-organized that, it doesn't feel organic to what the experience has always been. And I'll, what, what I mean by that is <clears throat> a bunch of things were happening in pre-production where we lost a key, a key uh, creative, we lost an actress, we, and, and little things would happen that just felt like the end of the world. And every time something bad happened, something amazing happened because of it. And it always came to us. It wasn't like we went out, you know, finding that next amazing thing. It was just it kind of appeared. And I have to believe, based on all that, that this has to, this will mirror that, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So it's this really weird, <laughs> trying this new thing on called Surrender. <laughs> and, and kind of taking off that time limit in a sense because you know we're so when we make films we're so like make the film submit to festivals go to festivals and then see what happens next and when you kind of take that next thing out of the equation as scary as it is as like am I it's, it's like that it's like am I not doing enough for my baby am I doing too much am I you know where's but I gotta go with the gut thing right now and just kind of pause and sit on it and I think it will kind of something will come up and then it will be like I'll let you guys know but like so remember when I was saying that one thing and then this happened <laughs> well we look forward to hearing that yeah can't wait <laughs> and what is keeping you sane creatively during quarantine I will say at the beginning it was really hard to even feel creative and there was that guilt to be creative but not the heart to be inspired um so for the first couple of weeks, I just kind of let myself, the days blurred into each other. I don't know what happened. And uh, and then I started writing a new film right before this happened. So once I kind of felt like I was there again, I started working on that and that became kind of my focus. And that's um, it's pretty much done now. I have my creative consultant who works with me on my scripts, Kim Flagg. She's kind of going through it with me at the moment. So where it's always my favorite part is that like you have this thing you've made and then you get someone else to play with you and it's really cool when they see things that you didn't see or they're able to elevate something that was kind of mediocre on your end and um so that's keeping me busy but I will say it's not like it's not like the same kind of creative feels we had before this it's just this weird I don't know how to explain it it's like this weird like you're, you're just you're not fully present in the creative experience well, we end every interview with our three, two, one action lightning round. So okay. you just answer with the word or phrase that kind of pops into your head when, uh, when we ask. <laughs> we start with three, your favorite or most influential film. Fight Club. Two, dream person you want to work with. Alma Herrera, but I don't know how we'd work together because we're both directors. One, best advice you received. 
don't go out to make a perfect film, go out to make a confident film, a film you can stand confidently behind. Ryan Pennington, my editor. And Action, where can people follow you and your film on social media? The film is at My Fiona Film across Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and website is myfionafilm.com. And then I am Girl Down Under, which is spelled U-N-D-A because I'm Australian, even though I don't sound like it. <laughs> it's a great disappointment when people hear my voice. <laughs> oh, well, too great. Thanks so much for chatting with us, Thank Kelly. you, guys. This is really fun. Cool. Bye. 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 You can find us at abrighterlens.com and at abrighterlens on Instagram and Twitter. You can email us at abrighterlens at gmail.com. You can download the show wherever you listen to podcasts and on Apple Podcasts where we'd love it if you left us a review. Our theme song was composed by Jesse Nelson. Our logos were designed by Meg Cafferty. Our associate producer is Elise Welch. A Brighter Lens was created by Jennifer Zollett and Larkin Bell.